This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Monday, we talk travel and money. Ultimate travel hacking tips and destination advice recorded on location. We also interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Travel Mondays, episode 061. We're heading to Vienna. In this episode, Elena from Vienna Tourism tells us about some of Vienna's unique selling points. The thing is, Vienna actually is the only world capital to produce significant quantities of wine within the city limits. And Tomo gets more than he bargained for with a local speciality. You're making faces. Oh. You're making squinty faces. Oh, no, he's making... Oh, he's making faces and he's making... Hey, hello everyone. Hello, we're back. We are back. We've had our month off and of course it wasn't really a month off, was it? We've actually been no, working. working our asses off. Yes, a couple of other project announcements on those are coming up later this month. But right now, mm-hmm. it's officially acceptable to say that it's Christmas time. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, Christmas. It happens every year. You've heard of it. And if you haven't guessed already, we are not the type of people who start celebrating in September. That's why we've waited till almost mid-December to even mention this sort of situation going on. Um, There is only so many times a year we want to listen to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I don't care how damn happy Christmas songs are, I'd rather be listening to Journey. Don't still believe in. Yeah. Uh, That's real uplifting stuff. That's much better than Rudolph, right? I quite often like listening to the South Park Christmas album. If you haven't listened to that, I do highly recommend it. But uh, you will be offended. Offended, not uplifted. Yes. It's a very different sort of album. (laughs) Still, it is Christmas. We will acknowledge it. And uh, we'll actually be chatting about one of the best places in the world to get Christmassy, Vienna. Yes. Their famous Christmas markets, mulled wine, kitsch celebration. It's a fantastic place uh, to be. As you know, it's snowing. The snow is probably starting to fall right now. I don't know. I haven't checked the weather, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's going to be bloody cold. It gets cold in Central Europe in the winter. That's why we're in Thailand. Yay, we're in Thailand. We're not in Vienna anymore. That was a few months back when it was warm. (laughs) But still, um, we'll have to live vicariously through Helena from Vienna Tourism. And she's actually going to be chatting on the show with us later on. And um, while we're sipping cold wine here in Thailand, in the warm weather they'll be sipping hot wine over there in the snow indeed i'm fine with the cold wine that's fine so what do we have on today's show craft beer made with chili in vienna what What? crazy stuff sausage filled with cheese uh hell yes hello can't get those in thailand Um, we'll also be podcasting while driving around on a segway in a storm and of course, schnitzel. Of course. We couldn't skip schnitzel. I mean, this was actually Meg's first trip to Austria during the summer. And if I'd not let her have schnitzel, that would have been a bit rude, That's right? That's true. There may also be some mention of deep fried cheese. Yeah. No promises, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be some deep fried cheese talk later resist. on. If it's on the menu, we can't not get it. Deep fried cheese is good. Yeah, so it's a food fun packed episode because actually we have just begun our rebrand process. Ripping the band-aid off. Yay. Whee! Yep, our old travel brand 
for a $5 traveler, as you guys have probably heard about us whinging about how lame that brand has been so long. We're changing it. Yeah. You won't hear us bitching about it for too much longer. No, it's being upcycled. It is. It's literally being changed and made much better and uh, more flexible in the form of food fun travel, because that's pretty much our new brand. We are transitioning, as we said, it's not an instant change. So uh, we are slowly developing this new brand and replacing the old one. Yeah. Which is nothing to do with Travel Freedom Podcast. Travel Freedom Podcast, this is a completely separate ball game from our travel blog, so you know. But yeah, we love food, we love fun, and we yes. love travel. And Makes if you sense. thought you weren't getting enough food and fun chat and inspiration from us, you better hold on to your skinny jeans because there's going to be a lot more coming up. We're going to be amping that up over the next few months. It's going to be plenty of food and fun. Totally. Hell yeah. But uh, before we do get started with everything, we do need to do a couple of shout-outs for some of the fantastic companies we worked with while we were in Vienna. Well, just one right now, because we'll cover the others later in this episode. But quick shout-out to Wombat's The Lounge Hostel, which is where we stayed in Vienna. It's right next to the Westbahnhof. 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 Which is West Station. So that's simple. It sounds fancy, but actually it just means West Station, as far as I'm aware. Yep. And um, Super yeah. clean rooms, as always, with Wombat's. And, of course... Their fantastic all-you-can-eat buffet breakfast. Just mm-hmm. a couple of euros to get that. Uh, we ate so many ham, cheese, and salami toasties. We didn't have to eat for the rest of the day. Yeah, well, we did eventually eat because we wanted to We eat. had to eat schnitzel and cheese. And sausages sausage. and stuff. More yeah. on that later But they on. also had a fantastic bar there. Like one of the... Oh, yeah. The downstairs yeah. bar in the cellar at Wombat's is probably my favorite hostel bar that we went to in the whole month that we're doing our big Euro trip during the very, summer. Very, very cool bar there. But, yes, that's Wombat's. Fantastic place. We love staying at Wombat's all through Europe, actually. But let's uh, let's get into a bit more detail about Vienna. Let's do some serious Vienna stuff. Um, first of all, we do always like to do our destination research by reading T-shirts. And we did discover after arriving in Vienna that in Austria there are no kangaroos. Who knew? I didn't know. I, I had an inkling. I'm, yeah. I, I had mean, an inkling. You would know better than me being Australian, yeah, I Yeah, I, I had a bit of an idea that that was not... Well, yeah, that wasn't there the would place. be no kangaroos. Yeah, that wasn't the right place for yeah. that. Um, also important, they like meat and beer. So that's good because there's going to be quite a lot of meat and beer related chat as well as other things. It's not just a meat and beer episode. There are some other things coming up. I'm not going to tell you everything now. You have to wait and see. But it's going to be delicious. It's going to be a delicious episode. <laughs> but we're not going to tease too much. We're going to get straight for the core of the Austrian cliches. Let's do schnitzel and beer first up. Get right we? in there. Yeah. So with much searching and no use of TripAdvisor. No, we found this without TripAdvisor. We did. Uh, we discovered a local brewery that also sold schnitzel at affordable prices. Winner or Wiener. 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 Who cares? Wiener. Let's do the clip. Well, we did some searching around and trying to find a decent restaurant that's affordable and awesome that's, and actually, open that's actually open on a public holiday in Vienna. Took a little bit of work. But we are at the Seven Stern Brow, which is the Seven Stars Brewery. This place is awesome. It's really cool. They've got the um, the brew kegs, like the really big brew kettles, are right 
in the center of the bar, you know, just all bronze and amazing, linked up with pipes. Um, yeah, it feels really old school. I mean, it's not a really, really old pub as far as we're aware, but obviously it's not a brand new pub either. It's got a bit of heritage to it. And they make at least seven different beers and they've got stuff that's changing all the time. So there's loads of good beers. But the main reason we're sort of here is to eat the Wiener Schnitzel, because that's the thing that you eat when you come to Vienna. You can't come to Vienna and not have a Wiener Schnitzel. So I ordered the half portion, which cost five sixty, and that is already a meal. That is a meal for one person. That is enough. I, I can't imagine how big the large portion is. But actually, if you come in here at lunchtime between like 11 and 4, 11.30 and 4, they have a much cheaper deal. And it's like 6.50 for the large portion, which I reckon would feed two people because it's, uh, they're big. Which is super affordable for Vienna. Mm. I ordered the deep fried cheese because cheese. Deep cheese. fried Emmental cheese. Cheese, which was served with uh, cranberry. And this interesting thing that they do around these areas is they serve it with tartar sauce. Which, uh, it works. It actually works. Mm. I'm also drinking it down with my hemp beer. Yeah, they got beer made with hemp. I mean, it doesn't have any effect in no, terms no, of no, drugs. It's, it's, it's just for flavor. But yeah, they've got some interesting brews in here. They've also got, I'm drinking the Marsin, which is like um, very uh, typical of Vienna, apparently, according to the menu. And uh, yeah, it's really nice. Uh, so, what else do I what say? The schnitzel is pretty good. I mean, it's uh, deep fried breaded pork, isn't it? Of course, uh, traditionally it's made with veal, but uh, veal tends to be a lot more expensive, so you substitute pork or chicken. Yeah, we considered doing veal, but most people have told us it's pretty hard to find a veal schnitzel under sort of 16 euros, and we did a lot of research and we didn't really find one. So we gave up and went, we're going to have pork. And for 560, this is a whole meal. It's crazy. All right, beer round number two at the Seven Stern Brau in Vienna, Austria. Yes. This time round, uh, I ordered the chili beer. We've kicked it up a notch for the second round of beers. We've uh, moved away from the classics, and they do have some really unusual styles in here. Yeah. Stuff that's not going to be popular with the mainstream, I have to say. Yeah. We've ordered a, yeah, like I said, the, uh, the chili, seven stone chili, which apparently is 4.7% alcohol. It's a little bit lighter, actually, than a lot of the other beers that they serve here, but it has, it is probably, we've tried quite a few chili beers in our time, and usually they come in a bit of more of a stout form, so they're with a darker beer, so you have a bit of a... Chili chocolate. Yeah, it's like a chili, chili chocolate, chocolate beer is something that's been pretty typical we've tried in the past. But this is like lager. This is like chili in lager and to take your first mouthful, it it's a bit of a hello boys. It actually suddenly goes, yes, this has chili in it. I'm gonna open up every pore inside your mouth and I'm gonna go, ah! Yeah, it's really, really big hit of chili. sort of just your regular malty beer sort of quite refreshing flavor. Yeah, but That's you still have the tingle there, so it's not like my mouth's on fire while I'm 
like, I have, I have a mouth tingle. Yeah, but then after that refreshing beer here, it just goes back to that residual warm flavor in your mouth. Yeah, it's very, very. I've never had a chili beer this chili. Like, this is the most chili I've had in a chili beer. Yeah, and chili lager, unheard of. And to have it in Austria as well, which is like, you know, Central Europe is sort of renowned for not liking spicy things at all. Hungary is very into spice, and we are very close to there. Okay, so maybe it's that. So influence. it's that influence from Hungary coming up. Maybe a bit more chili in this area. But, but uh, yeah, interesting flavors. Uh, we have mixed it up with a darker beer. What did you order, Tom? When we say mixed it up, we have not combined these two into the same glass because no. that would make us complete philistines. But we are trying something completely opposite at the same time. I have the Rausch beer. And this is a smoky sort of dark lager. Smoky cannot quite often mean bacon flavor. This can be a good or a bad thing as we've previously discovered. We experienced a bacon beer before that was so extremely smoky it was, that it was undrinkable. We like bacon. We like bacon a lot. I love bacon. But it was just, it was too much in a beer, this other one that we tried. This one, however, is relatively balanced. Still a touch smoky for what I would probably prefer, but I knew what I was getting into when I ordered this. I knew it was going to be a different, exciting, interesting beer. Um, it is. And so you wouldn't have this maybe with your with your cheese. <laughs> no, but it might go well with like barbecue ribs or something. Yeah. Yeah, if you had it with a meat dish, it the might ribs go came right. out before and they were freaking huge. Like you could feed a family of four off the ribs serving. But they do Mexican ribs here. Apparently Mexican is really popular. Mexican is in in Vienna right now. Yeah. And there's lots of places that are serving Tex-Mex. So, yeah. Look out for that. If you don't want to find traditional food, look out for the Tex-Mex. Um, yeah, so as for the Rausch beer, the bacony beer, it's, yeah, it's not really bacony. It's just a little strong hit of smoke, a sort of soft, caramelly, intermediate stage, and then slight lingering of smoke. But honestly, after just one mouthful of the chili beer, my leftover taste is still just a slight warmth. So uh, if you're going to have the chili beer, maybe have it last, because it's going to overpower yeah. everything else. It's strong. I just had another mouthful, and it just felt like it, it overpowers your entire mouth. So I think the best thing about this place is, of course, it is a microbrewery. They have about seven beers on tap that they brew in-house all the time. And unlike a craft brewery place in Vienna, which seem to be charging maybe six euros for a pint, sometimes a little bit more even, because uh, Vienna is an expensive town, obviously, uh, you are paying about just under four euros for a pint here, which is half a liter. We actually found a friendly waiter, which apparently is a bit of a difficult thing to do in Vienna. There's like a running joke of how jerky the waiters are in this town. And Alpine's actually quite nice. He's being a very patient with us. Yeah, he's looking say. for a big tip. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Still, he thinks we're America. I think this place is cool because it's it's not in the center. It's sort of near the center. It really doesn't feel that touristy. As soon as you walk out of that main tourist area, you literally, like, the streets went dead. Because it is a public holiday. It's a ghost town. It, it's no, a public right. holiday, so there's not a lot of people around outside of that tourist area. And we are just far enough outside that I haven't heard any English voices in here tonight no, at all. No, no, no. And 
this place? Well, I couldn't even find it on TripAdvisor. It probably is on there, but I actually found it. It was on Foursquare, and uh, it was on a German sort of ranking site as well. So, yeah, this is probably, this could be a little bit more of an unknown gem, but they do still have an English menu, a version of the menu if you want to be yeah, able to read in English. Really, yeah, really so that's good. Yeah. They're obviously expecting tourists, but maybe they haven't quite hit the right part of the tourist scene to be very touristified, which is good. You know? Yeah, they're at that transitional stage where the prices are sort of reasonable, the beer is interesting, it isn't just generic, and yeah, cool little place, really nice ambiance, and really cool decor as well. Anyway, after dinner and beers, we decided that a digestive was in order. And there was only one choice for our Austrian mini banquet. Here it is. So as we learned recently, schnapps can pretty much be made from anything. And schnapps is sort of one of the local spirits in Central Europe. It's a very traditional alcohol that you'll get because pretty much you can take any sort of fruit, like any of the shitty fruit that you can't eat, and you distill it and you can turn it into booze. You can make it pretty much from anything. So we had one made from hay in Innsbruck the other day. Oh yeah, that was interesting. This one is made from beer because of course we're in the Seven Stars Brewery which is the Seven Stern Brau in the center of Vienna and they make a schnapps from whatever beer they have and according to their website they actually use 50 liters of beer to make two liters of schnapps. That's insane. Uh, yeah, but that's what happens if you want to get the alcohol out, right? Yeah, I guess. 5% beer, you want to turn it into like 35-40% alcohol. And giving this one a whiff, it, it just smells like pure booze. Yeah, let me have a smell. Yeah, have a smell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh, it's going to burn. It's going to burn a little it's gonna bit. It's going to burn all the way down. Don't breathe it in as, as you take a oh, shot. I'm only getting half because we're sharing this one. Yeah. It's three euros for a shot, and I appreciate it's taken them like a litre of beer to make this or something, so half a litre of beer or something, so I can see why it's three euros, but still. Here we go. Our budget is a little strict. You're making faces. Ooh. You're making squinty faces. Oh no, he's making. Oh, he's making faces and he's making noise. It tastes of booze. Maybe I should have gone first. Shit. It definitely doesn't taste of beer. It tastes of booze. It's just so pure it's just they've, they've taken the booze out of the beer, and it's just booze. And after drinking a pint of chili beer, and then to put that solid alcohol down your face, that wasn't necessarily the best move, was it? <laughs> it's all right. It's fine. It's fine. Am I going to remember going adult. back to the hostel after this? Maybe. It's usually always downhill after the shot. I feel almost a hint of blueberry at the end. Just maybe a little bit. Really? I mean, it doesn't have blueberry in it. Obviously, it's some strange remnant flavor of the alcohol. I don't know. So Come on. I'm going to have to do this, aren't I? Come on, Wait, make I it happen. Oh, good. And now you're going to suffer because you can't sneeze. And then you're going to feel bad for not being able to sneeze. Maybe. Wait, it's coming. Because I don't want to be like halfway through the shot and sneeze. Because then. Does that happen? Has that happened to anyone in the history of humankind? I don't know. Anybody out there, 
if you've ever us. been like halfway through drinking a shot and had to sneeze, let us know. My Travel Freedom at My Travel Freedom. <laughs> my travel freedom. Tweet and us. If you just like, like I was drinking a shot. vodka shot and I, yeah, I sneezed vodka everywhere, all over the table because I was sneezing my shot. I don't think that's ever happened. Maybe it has. It's never happened to me. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Do it. I can't breathe in because otherwise I'll just choke. It's fine. Yeah, oh, that's alright. Yeah, I mean, it, you've got that pure alcohol. Yeah, it just tastes like booze, isn't it? it makes you whistle through your mouth. We had sort of tasted like tasted like hay. Tasted it smelt like a garden full of hay. Hay. I think the fruity schnapps are more the way I like. Yeah, definitely. That one is a little like just. It's just booze. Just booze. But uh, it didn't sting on the way down. You haven't had enough chili beer then. (laughs) Maybe not. It's a big chili beer. Yeah. Full of chilliness. Maybe we'll know about it. Quite possibly. But yeah, so we've done the local shot. We've drunk some local craft beer. We've had a Wiener Schnitzel. And we've had some deep fried cheese. I think it's know, been a successful evening. It has been a very successful evening. That's a that's beginner wrapped up in a nutshell. Okay, so that's food and beer done, right? Nope. Don't think so. No. There's okay. going to be more food later. There's going to be more. So let's take food. a break from the food for a few minutes, though. Um, yeah, right now, let's talk about one of our favorite, most unique, fun experiences. Not just for Vienna, but actually probably the world. I loved this tour. It was fantastic. So much fun. We took a tour around one of the oldest, like, if not could be the, the oldest, oldest yeah. Yeah, um, amusement parks in the world, which is the Prata amusement park which oh it's got like it's, oh, got it's some, on Prada I don't know if it's called the Prada no. amusement park but if you say Prada people will go oh no, I know where oh, Prada is place. and then you yeah, say yeah. amusement park and they go alright oh, it's there oh yeah so it's pretty easy um, it was no ordinary walk we hooked up with the guys from Polar Walk to take a Polaroid camera tour around the amusement park Yep. Which is fantastic. We got to take pictures of a Ferris wheel that's over 100 years old. They had kooky, old-time, like, uh, House of Horrors. House of Horrors. Yeah. With this, like, moving gorilla Like guy. animatronics, but from the 50s or something. He it's actually... Awesome. The uh, the gorilla was put in in, like, 1984. Ah, he's a But the House of Horrors has been there for many, 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 many years. Yeah. Uh, this tour was so awesome uh, that we actually even pitched it out as an article to Yahoo Travel because we're like, we need to put this out a bit further than just on our blog because it's such a unique tour. And they took it and it went live just like a week or so ago, early December. So if you jump on the show notes for this episode, travelfreedompodcast.com slash 061, there will be a link to that article if you want to go and take a look at some of the crazy Polaroid photos of this amusement park, which is just such a unique destination to go visit. And they also do tours all over... Vienna as well. They you can do, do a Warsaw. classic tour, Warsaw, and they also are currently doing a Christmas markets tour. Mm, so, nice. you know, rug up, yeah. you know, and grab your get Polaroid. your long johns on and off you go and 
go take some Polaroid pictures out in the snow. But yeah, we just got to take eight photos each. That was it. And yeah. for the digital photo generation, for me, when I can go out on a walk and do 300 photos on my camera, to only be able to do eight photos was such such an exciting and confusing oh, and hard. interesting. The first photo and the last photo are the two oh, yeah. hardest photos you'll ever take in your life. Yeah, it was crazy. So not every single photo we got was perfect, but quite a few of them were good. Loved it. And it was just a really interesting souvenir to take away. Because we don't take souvenirs from places very often, but this was one of the few souvenirs where we actually took it and we stuck some of our Polaroids on our fridge in Romania when we, <laughs> we were living did, there. yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> but this amusement park at Prada is awesome. You've got this old-time Helder Skelter. It's really huge. It's like 50 meters high. Giant scary face clowns and tons of other curios. Yes, I have finally used the word curios in a podcast. Don't get to use that word very often. No, that is that is not a word that is. I feel like comes an old timey, an old timey guy from a you crazy movie. You should tie an onion to your belt. Oh, I should. That's the fashion at the time. Yeah. So we're we gonna get sued for that. So many <laughs> copyright infringements on this show. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where that's from. You probably know already. Oh, Still no, come, but tweet though. us if you do. Oh, if you know. No, don't tweet us because then they'll know we said it on no. the podcast. At My Travel Freedom if you know where people are tying onions on their belts. But maybe the copyright infringement thing will get us so much press in major news for us doing it that then we'll be famous. Yes, we'll see. Still, anyway, moving along. What have we got coming up later? We've still got our sausage filled with cheese and our stormy Segway adventure. Ooh. That is coming up. But tis the season. It is tis. It is tis. It is tis the season to talk about Christmas markets in Vienna and maybe some more food. Maybe. There might be more food talk. That happens. Um, we've got a little interview coming up with Helena from Vienna Tourism. There was a few Skype glitches on this. I've edited most of it out for you guys. I've saved you the pain. You're I just welcome. Spent, yeah, no worries. Just spent ages editing out all the little glitchy noises that Skype decided to make as we did our Skype interview over 4G in Thailand. Yay! Not necessarily the strongest It's not as good as it was when we are in Romania. No. I miss that internet miss every that day. miss that internet a lot. Still, it should not be too detrimental to your listening pleasure because I have edited it quite a lot to fix it up. Enjoy. Okay, so today we are talking to Helena from Vienna Tourism because we were out in Vienna earlier this year. Hey, Helena, how is it going? Hi, I'm very good. How are you? Really good. Yeah, we're in sunny Thailand now, probably a little bit warmer than it is there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, weather conditions absolutely change, so I envy you for your time in Thailand, definitely. Yes, <laughs> I'm not surprised. It is nice. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Although we are missing out on Christmas in Austria, and I know that the Christmas markets is one of the big things that will be going on right now, actually, in December. This is something we've never actually got to go to the Christmas markets in Central Europe, and it's such a big thing. Everyone talks about it. Everyone People make special trips all the way out there just to do it. So what is it about the Christmas markets in Vienna that people, like, they feel it's worth traveling all that way to get there and see it? It really is a bit hard to describe because, as you mentioned, it's a lot about the atmosphere and the, the cold uh, getting uh, not so cold when you're on the Christmas market because it's so cozy and warm and you have the, the warm drinks and the city lights. So it's hard to describe, but uh, that's I think that's the reason why so many people come to Europe and to Vienna to visit Christmas markets because it's not possible to, to read about it or just look at the pictures, but you have to visit and then people are just blown away by the atmosphere. It's so romantic. 
take. It's a little bit kitsch sometimes, the big Christmas market in, in Vienna. They're just like the one in front of City Hall. City Hall in Vienna per se looks like a fairy tale castle. And then you have a huge Christmas tree and thousands of lights and hundreds of people drinking malt wine and uh, eating cookies. So it's just a very cozy, romantic atmosphere. Wow, mulled wine. You've got me at mulled wine. <laughs> I love mulled wine. That's great. So, yeah, how many people actually come? It sounds like it is such a popular event. Well, um, there are like 20, 20, 21 permanent Christmas markets, big permanent um, like registered Christmas markets in Vienna, but there are dozens of small pop-up Christmas markets, so to say, as well. And many, many and more and more tourists and, and guests from abroad come to, to visit the Christmas markets. But it's also a very popular thing amongst um, the locals. Uh, statistics say that the average Viennese visits a Christmas market three times in the time before Christmas. So when that's average, uh, that means that there are some people going there almost every evening after work. Wow. And um, that's something that many people do because it's just the perfect thing to do after on your way home. <laughs> is it sort of focused around food or is it a lot of focus around buying actual gifts for people for Christmas? It's both and actually they differ quite a lot. As I said, there are more than 20 big Christmas markets in Vienna. You have some that are more focused on food and drinks and then there are some that are more focused on local um, handicraft gifts that you can buy for Christmas. There are very traditional ones but there are also quite modern ones where you have DJs, uh, uh, DJs lining uh, lines in the more contemporary style than the really classic one. I think you can ask every Viennese local for their favorite Christmas market and you will find many different answers to that. So do you have any Christmas market tips, any sort of local secrets that you can divulge to our listeners? I think what's really nice is that most of the Christmas markets have their own marks where they serve the malt wine or the punch and normally you pay like one or two euros deposit. Usually you don't think about like keeping stuff but it's absolutely fine of course and many tourists especially just keep the marks from the different Christmas markets as a souvenir which is actually quite nice because you really associate a special evening or a Christmas market to it and it's a cheap souvenir from Vienna. <laughs> yeah, nice. There you go. Save a bit of money as well. So, yeah. Can you tell us when the Christmas markets actually run? What sort of the dates they have every year? Well, um, they don't open at the same date uh, or they have different dates, but uh, most of them around the 20th of November, some even a bit earlier. But by the end of November, they're all open and then they last till Christmas. Some places like the one in front of City Hall, they are then dismantled and changed into for example there they they set up a huge ice rink for january wow very cool cool so there's always something going on even if you miss the markets you can go ice skating in the center okay now we can't just talk about christmas markets today we do have to talk about other things as well food is incredibly important to us we talk about food a lot yes we do now we know that there's some obvious foods that people will have heard of already, like schnitzel, and obviously there's a lot of selection of sausages. But can we talk about some other sort of local foods that foodie travelers should be coming to try and make sure they don't miss whilst they're visiting Vienna? I don't know if you've had uh, Viennese wine. We did have some red wine. The thing is, Vienna actually is the only world capital to produce significant quantities of wine within the city limits. 
and that's very unique and during the summertime it's just great to visit the, the Heurigen that's the Viennese wine taverns where you have a beautiful view over Vienna and where you can sample the Viennese wine uh, which is uh, mostly white wine but you also find the Viennese wine nowadays you also find it in bars and restaurants in Vienna so it can be enjoyed at many spots in the city so that's quite special for Vienna when it comes to food I'm sure you know the sausage stands um, in Vienna a very very traditional street dating back to a time 200 years ago also there are food trucks in Vienna which of course um, you can find in many European and also other cities nowadays but I think it's very interesting this combination of having the traditional Viennese street food and then next to it some food trucks like the Espresso Mobile um, that's kind that's part of the alternative coffee house scene in Vienna because you know that Viennese coffee house culture is very old and very rich in history. It was officially added to the UNESCO intangible cultural heritage list in 2011. But this coffee house culture is sitting in a traditional coffee house and reading the newspaper, sitting there for hours enjoying your melange, the, the Viennese coffee. But the alternative coffee house culture is more about serving premium coffee, coffee from private roasteries, and like the Espresso Mobile, make it even mobile. Uh, it's a coffee house or a coffee shop on a three-wheeled Italian moped, and they just travel the city and stop wherever they're needed. Awesome. Very cool. That sounds really good. We didn't see that while we were there. There's obviously a lot we missed. It's the problem if we only come for a few days to a place, we just don't really get to see all these things. Yeah. We always try and recommend to people if they've got more time, try and spend a few more days or a couple of weeks if you can in a destination. Travel slower. Travel experience slow. more. Let's talk a little bit more about food. I know we're almost running out of time for this segment but is there any other food recommendations we do like uh, to eat tasty things well you know that Vienna has not all, only the schnitzel and the Sachertorte but uh, in general it's famous for its pastries there is a new shop it's called Vollpension and it's like a coffee house but it was kind of a charity project in the beginning and the idea was to have elderly people who do not like work anymore but who are very often the ones having the best recipes for cakes and strudels and um, whatsoever to give them something to do and to give us the possibility Possibility to to taste the, the delicious pastries. So now those yeah grandmas and grandpas um, prepare cakes and strudels in Fort District, and you get delicious things like yeah linzer torte and apple strudel and very Viennese pastries. Oh yeah, that sounds pretty delicious. And obviously your grandma and grandpa are making they just the, have the best recipes. Yeah, they're going to make the best ones. Yeah, that's fantastic. Is there anywhere in particular in Fourth District? that you recommend or is there just quite a lot of places to go and discover? The one where the grandmas and grandpas prepare their pastries that's called Vollpension it's in Schleifmühlgasse it's a very nice street where you have different galleries and also the Café Anzengruber where you get one of the best schnitzels in Vienna the whole area there that's Schleifmühlgasse and the the neighborhood is called Freihausviertel. Um, that's a very good spot to enjoy food, but also art. It's a lot of very long words. We're going to have to uh, we're going to have to get some of those spellings off you, and we're going to have to put them in the show notes for everyone so they can find out exactly where to go. Because uh, so we don't have too many German-speaking listeners on the show. I know we have a couple, but a not, couple. A, not a lot. <laughs> okay, great. Lots and lots of nice eating tips. Some cool Christmas market tips. 
And hopefully if anyone is available to go to Vienna this month, don't miss the Christmas markets. We wish we could be there as well. Thanks again to Helena from Vienna Tourism for joining us there. Next up, well, we were talking about our crazy Segway tour. We hooked up with Pedal Power Segway tours in Vienna. They also do bike tours, hence the name. I'm guessing their rebrand didn't go as well as ours is going to (laughs) go. They still sound very much like a a bike tour. They're very much about the bike tours, but we chose to go Segway tours because we freaking love Segway tours. Yes, Segway tours are awesome. I love Segways. But just as we left their store, once we went to pick up our Segway, it started raining. Power raining. But they do it like rain, hail or shine. Those tours go. Because it's Europe. Be strong. Have a cup of concrete and just get on with it. There's no like we're going to take an hour break. It's like, no, put on your poncho, your red poncho and just go out in the rain and suffer. That's how it's done. Yeah. So, yeah, it was going to be a stormy trip. But uh, we persevered towards the Hellenplatz. Hellenplatz? God, German accent is terrible. I, uh, uh, it's the central square in the park outside the main Hofburg Palace, which is like pretty central yeah. in Vienna. Yeah, and there's place. like heaps of space there to just zip around on the segways. You pretty much get there and they're just like, go nuts! Yeah. And you do on yeah, your yeah, two-wheel we steeds. They might be like restricted to 20Ks or 15Ks an hour, but it's still a lot it's of fun. It's still fun. I want to figure out how to break that restriction thing so I can go really fast. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I want to be able to do like 50Ks on a Segway. <laughs> it would be insane. I would love it. But eventually the rain did calm a little and we managed to get some podcasting in without flooding my phone with water, which is good. So yes, live podcasting from a Segway. Has this been done in a podcast before? I live know, Segway yeah. podcasting? This might be a world first, people. World Pay first. Attention. It's going to be really interesting. Or not. Who knows? Let's do it. Segwaying on cobblestones is interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So we're riding around the center of Vienna on segways right now. We are. This is our adventure. Adventure time. Yep, it turned into a bit of an adventure because it has been a very wet day. Yeah, I did start to piss it down a little bit, but it's actually been really interesting because we haven't just stuck to bike lanes, which is what I thought would happen. Very, you know, very safe bike lanes everywhere we go, but we've kind of just been going on roads and crossing over main things to, you know, just to go and see the sights of Vienna. We're wreaking havoc on segways, pretty much. We're just going wherever we want. People just stare at us and go, why the hell are you riding around on these things getting in the way? And we're like, because it's awesome. <laughs> looks of shock is like, what, what is that? Or it's like a fucking Segways. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't done it before and you see other people doing it, you're probably like, oh, bloody Segways going everywhere, getting in the way. But it's actually a lot of fun. <laughs> and when you get to see all the history and architecture around Vienna as you go, and of course we've got a guide telling us some English information which is really useful. So we're learning and having fun and exploring and having an adventure at the same time. I love segueing. I really enjoy it. It's just, I don't know. It's, I can't, if you've never done it, I can't explain to you how fun it is. It's just, it's fun. It's much it's better just than a bicycle. so easy. Yeah, it's a lot more fun than a bicycle. And thanks to Pedal Power, Pedal Power Segway Vienna, 
for sponsoring us today. We've got to see a lot of the city in a very short amount of time, leaving us a bit more time for drinking and eating later, which is always nice. Yes, a few drinking spots have been pointed out to us along the way, which is always helpful. We'll be going to a wine cellar because it's not just about beer in Austria, actually Vienna, these, I think they're called Hegers. It's very hard for me to pronounce as always. I'm terrible at pronouncing anything, but they are like a wine bar. Generally, the person who owns it has somewhere that they actually make the wine themselves. That's the traditional way, whether it's 100% maintained that way these days, I don't know. But uh, we're going to find out this evening, I guess. And apparently the place that we're going to is in like many, many stories down into the cellar. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Anyway, we're already talking about wine rather than segueing. <laughs> Didn't take long. That was a segue. We segued into wine while segueing. Oh! But a boom, you're gonna run into me. Go forward. Don't run into each other. That's something we've learned that doesn't work very well if you run into each other. It's very intuitive. Once you've done it for a minute or so, you sort of go, oh, cool, this is obvious now. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a second, it's like a, a long lost limb. It was like, I was born with wheels, I'm sure. They took them away from me when they took my umbilical cord. Yeah, it's awesome because every time I want to go somewhere, I just lean forward and I'm there. This is the way it'll be in the future. We'll all be like this. No one will walk anymore. We'll just segue everywhere. So yes, we saw the vast majority of all those famous buildings around the outside center of Vienna within less than three hours, which is great. And... Yeah. Then we got loads of photos while we're doing it. And yep, avoided the rain clouds in our red poncho. Oh, we looked fancy. It actually didn't really rain that much after the like the first like training session, and then it just sort of died off. Yeah, again. it was so spotting. It was quite a nice little adventure. Yeah, it was awesome. So sadly, we don't have time to talk about that wine cellar bar that we mentioned at the end of the clip. But there are some cliff notes here for you. Uh, we went down like four stories through this quirky antler-filled white-walled cellar sort of place and all these wooden tables and we eventually got to like four floors underground like the deepest basement that they possibly had and ordered some red wine which they served in glass mugs and it was good it was good yeah it was go. fine that so was it. the name of the place is Zwölf Asputkeller. I reckon it's Zwölf Asputkeller. We're going to have to put that in the show Apostelkeller. notes. Apostelkeller. Apostelkeller. That's going in the show notes. You're going to have to look there. We can't pronounce this as well as Helena did earlier with her German pronunciations. Yeah. But we looked it up. The ratings actually are not that good. It was um, like 2.9 on Google. Yeah, I I'm think like, mostly because it's a bit pricey and maybe the food isn't as good as you would expect. Yeah, we didn't but eat there. Yeah, we didn't eat. We just, we just the drank. ambience was really cool. And there was like this accordion guy again around and you know it was a little touristy but you know it felt old timely like you know it felt like an old school calabar it was it was cute i didn't feel like it was some disgusting disney horrible fake place it didn't seem fake it was a real underground bar a proper cellar bar that has been updated to the point so that tourists who come there can go, oh, this is what it used to be like in vienna a hundred years ago yeah that's what it's like you might get served by a guy in lederhausen yeah so, yeah, but, I mean, it's you know, cheesy. That doesn't matter. That's, it's cheesy. It's cool. It's cute. Like, I mean, we didn't eat there, so we can't say. But, you know, go there for a drink. We definitely the recommend that. Wine was good. They yeah. didn't get too upset that we just bought wine. Nah, it's fine. Gave them a little tip. 
It's all good. Um, but finally, for this episode, we couldn't leave Austria without eating more sausage. Take that the wrong way. Well, you could, and you might have more things to take the wrong way in this clip. But uh, once we heard that they had made the smart move of putting large amounts of cheese in a sausage, that was it. Sold! Yeah, we're sold on that. So we're going to finish up this episode with some sausage. We're standing at the, the Grillwurst. It's the Universität station, like Schottendor. Universität Station, and if you head just south from that, and we've got the view of the old cathedral just behind us, which is like this white building. It sort of looks like the one in Barcelona. But yeah, we're at the Grillwurst, and we're eating sausage for three euro, about three fifty, with a bit of sauce and in in a bun. We're eating sausage. We are eating sausage because we're in Austria, and you're going to be eating sausage. And mine is the Kaiserkreiner. Mm -hmm. and it has cheese inside the sausage. Mine is the Waldwürtler. It's a Waldwürtler. Waldwürtler. Um, it's a really heavily smoked sausage, so it's really dark skin, almost like, like dark, dark brown skin, but it's still all sort of pink on the inside. Mm. And you get it in a bread roll with uh, mustard and ketchup. Yeah. Essentially, like imagine your regular hot dog roll, instead of them cutting a, a slice along it and then putting it inside and all the ketchup going everywhere when you eat it, they've basically hollowed out the inside to the size of a sausage, and then they just chop the end off, push the sausage straight down the middle, and there you go, no mess. Better go. Well, pretty much no mess. With mine, uh, you might get a bit of mess if you bite into it too soon and the, the cheese, cheese gets a bit overzealous. It oozes a little bit, but I'm fine with oozy cheese. I've, I've never been offended by oozy cheese. Yeah, i got to say, this is really freaking awesome because we've had a few sausages around since we got here. Most of them have been quite good, but this might be one of my favorites. It's mm. just, it's really smoky and the outside skin has been crispy. really, really crispied up. And the fact that does look right now, is full of cheese inside the sausage. It's not around the sausage, it's actually no, it's within a, the sausage. Yeah. It is part of the sausage, is cheese. Ah, oh, it just squirted me in the cheek. <laughs> Fully got squirted. <laughs> you gotta be careful with that hot cheese. I don't think you'll be disappointed no matter which of these things you get. I haven't even tried a curry worst yet. I have to soon. Mm. Too much sausage to try. How will we try all the sausage? I just. I can't eat sausage all day. I try to eat sausage as much as possible, but there comes a point where you go, my mouth I needs to rest. I cannot fit anymore in my mouth. Yeah, my mouth has to have a break from sausage. Yep. Mm -hmm. Sausage. Okay, it's almost the end of the show. What time is it? Travel homework! Yeah. Well, you got a fun travel homework. It's I want, easy. Yeah, it's easy. I want you to eat sausage. I want you to tweet us your photos of you eating a giant sausage. Actually, I'm going to put on the show notes as a fantastic picture of Tom eating sausage. It's actually sadly not from Vienna. It's from Prague. But it's so like, I'm really excited to be eating sausage right now. Yeah. And I want you guys to emulate this. I'm so excited to be eating sausage. Don't just emulate it. Go past it. Beyond. Beat it. Beyond my giant sausage eating skills that this photo will represent. Enuendo is accepted. But keep and it encouraged. clean. Keep it relatively clean. We want it to be an actual sausage, not a man sausage. <laughs> so... 
Did I go too far by you're actually taken, saying that? Yeah, you've taken it too far. Oh, Hashtag God. testicle festival. Hashtag testicle festival. No one will know what that means. No, that's coming up in a later episode. <laughs> Shout out to the Chiang Mai travel bloggers. Ian Orr from Where the Sidewalk Ends. <laughs> Still tweet us about your sausage experiences um, at My Travel Freedom. Do it. Do it now. for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at travelfreedompodcast.com. Join us again every Monday to learn how to supercharge your online income and travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at mytravelfreedom. Or email info at travelfreedompodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. Catch us again every Monday on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.